North Carolina Highway 16, once named as the deadliest highway in North Carolina. We're going to talk about Highway 16 next on the Driving with Rob podcast. NC 16 and NC Business. And they kind of refer to the new Highway 16 as the Highway 16 Bypass because it's for all intents and purposes a freeway. In the last podcast, we talked about the tanker truck, gasoline tanker that flipped over and actually caught fire. And unfortunately, the the driver didn't survive the crash. It's a very, very dangerous stretch of road, and it always has been. When I was in high school many, many years ago, my friend Mark and I went to visit our friend Tony, who lives on Highway 16. Well, as young 16, 17-year-old drivers, you were still a little nervous and still very, very aware of everything that was going on around you. And as teenagers, you would get easily distracted. Well, we went to see my friend Tony and see if he wanted to go with us. And for whatever reason, he didn't go with us. But we came by and saw him. And as we were leaving, my friend Mark had this old Toyota Corolla. I think it had a five-speed floor shifter. So it was a manual transmission. What we were used to refer to in the old days as a straight drive. Well, Mark puts it into reverse, and we're backing out of the driveway, backing out onto Highway 16. Now, thankfully, it was late in the evening, and there wasn't a lot of traffic on the road. Well, I say late in the evening. It was after rush hour, anyway. So Mark backs out into the highway. Well, me, being young and stupid, didn't have anything better to say than, oh, I heard on the news the other day, that this highway is the most deadly highway in North Carolina. And Mark says, what do you mean? Just as the car is backing out onto Highway 16. I said, more people have been killed in automobile crashes on this road than any other highway in the state. And Mark just kind of looked at me. Well, as he's trying to put this vehicle into first gear, I can hear the gears grinding. Mark, what are you doing? It won't go into gear. Mark, you need to get this car into gear before we get killed. I'm trying. It won't go. Well, before I had time to see my life flash before my eyes, he finally got it in gear just as headlights were topping the hill at my friend Tony's house. So he got it in gear, and we're going down the road. And I said, what was that? And he said, when you told me it was the most deadly highway in North Carolina, I got distracted. I didn't have the clutch pushed in. So I learned at that moment two things. Number one, don't talk to people, especially young drivers, who are trying to operate a manual transmission. You still haven't gotten the hang of the automatic motions of pushing in the clutch, putting it in gear, easing off the clutch, all that stuff. Because at this point in my career, you take for granted that everybody can't drive a straight drive. But back then, even though we could both drive straight drives, manual transmissions, 
We hadn't been doing it long. So first of all, I learned don't talk to a driver who is fairly new to driving as he's trying to operate a manual transmission. The second thing that I learned is don't tell Mark anything until he's going down the highway and he's up to speed. But Highway 16, let me tell you about Highway 16. Highway 16 runs from the Virginia state line to the South Carolina state line. It is NC-16. It also goes through the middle of Charlotte. And at some point in Charlotte, it becomes Brookshire Boulevard. And then I think it changes names again to Providence Road. And then when you get on the other side of Charlotte, it goes back to just being NC-16 again. And I live on Highway 16 now. My friend Tony's parents still live on Highway 16. My grandfather grew up on Highway 16. My great-grandfather grew up before there was a Highway 16. And my grandfather told me a little history about Highway 16 that I never, I never knew. When I was little, when I was little, that would have been about 50 years ago, my grandfather would take me with him to visit his mother, my great-grandfather, or my great-grandmother, because he was going to check on his mom, so I got to spend a lot of time with my great-grandma, which was kind of cool. Well, when I was very small, the original house, what we used to refer to as the old home place, was still standing. Grandma Perkins lived in a house in front of the old house. The old house, the original home place, sat way back behind this house. And, of course, you know, that was 50 years ago. And it was fallen in then, so it's subsequently been torn down. But it was one of those old federal-style houses you know, with the flat front two-story. I think there was uh, a little a little porch, a little cover over the first floor, and they had a porch out front. And I remember my grandfather telling me that when he was little, what is now NC-16 was a dirt road. And it was the fastest way to go from Newton to Charlotte. Maybe the only way to go from Newton to Charlotte. But it was the straightest, most direct route from Newton to Charlotte. And he said when he was little, especially out in the country, where Denver, North Carolina used to be out in the country, you very seldom heard automobiles, very seldom saw an automobile. So he said it was a big deal for them when they were little. Because back in those days, there weren't any jets flying overhead. There was no industrial development. Everything was quiet and pristine. All you heard was the birds chirping. So you could hear a car coming down the road from a mile away. And whenever they heard one of these mechanized wonders coming down the road, they would all rush out to the road, and they had a bench sitting right next to the road, and they would sit on that bench and wait for the car to come by just so they could look at it. And he said sometimes people would stop. And back in the 1920s, an automobile in that part of North Carolina was kind of a novelty. And people would stop sometimes. And sometimes the people who owned cars, who had enough money to own a car, would have bags of candy. And when they saw little kids out at the road watching the traffic or watching the car come by, they would stop 
and let the kids sit in it, stand on the running boards, and they would give each kid a piece of candy. And back then it was a big deal to see a car coming down the road. And I asked him, that big house is the house you grew up in? And he said, yep. And I said, why did they build the house so far away from the road? And he just kind of laughed and he said, when I was really small, the house was right next to the road. And I said, how did it get so far away? Well, what he referred to as a dirt road was basically a mud road when it rained. And he said most of the traffic on this road was horse-drawn wagons and an occasional car. And he said whenever the wagon ruts got so deep that the horse couldn't pull the wagon through the ruts anymore, they would just move over the width of the road and make a new road. And then when that road got all rutted out and deep with wagon tracks, they would move over and make another road. And he said many years later, when they finally started paving roads with asphalt, wherever the road was then, that's the road they paved. But when he was growing up, the house was right next to the road. And another thing about roads, when, when I first turned 16, first got my driver's license, a lot of the back roads around where I live were very, very curvy. And of course, being 16 years old and stupid, and the fact that there was very, very little traffic on these back roads, we would drive those back roads as fast as we could. We were drifting before there was a word for it. And you learned to cut your wheels in the direction of the skid because you'd hit that loose gravel. The back end would start sliding around. And back in those days, gasoline was 50 cents a gallon. And I was driving a 1968 Volkswagen Beetle that got 30 miles to the gallon. So there was no more fun way to spend a Saturday afternoon than to put $5 worth of gas in this Volkswagen and go exploring all these back roads just to see where they went, just to see where they come out. And I asked him about those roads too. I said, why are all these back roads so curvy? And he said, well, back in the day when you had horse-drawn wagons, a horse couldn't pull a wagon straight up an incline. So you had these switchbacks where it would curve to the right so far, maybe a couple tenths of a mile, and then it would curve back to the left, and then it would curve back to the right. So the horses had to go zigzag up a steep incline because they couldn't do a straight, steep incline. So, of course, later, when I was still a teenager or early 20s, when the North Carolina DOT decided that they would start paving all these back roads, they took all the curves out because in an automobile, you can pull a steep incline or a steeper incline than a horse-drawn wagon can. But back on the Highway 16, this gasoline tanker crash, I'm sure it was an effort to save money. So what they did on New 16 or the 16 bypass, the four-lane, instead of putting up stoplights where a back road intersected the four-lane, they put in these U-turn things. If you need to get from one side of Highway 16 to the other, you take a right, you go about a thousand yards, then you make a U-turn and come back, and then you make a right again to get back on the road that you were on. So instead of building a bridge and instead of putting up stoplights, they put in these U-turn things. 
And I think, at least on this stretch of Highway 16, Highway 16 is again becoming the most deadly highway in North Carolina. And that's the podcast on Highway 16. Give me a like, leave a comment. Share the podcast on Facebook, on Twitter. You can find me on iTunes, Driving with Rob Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. And I'll talk to you next time. Bye now.